What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Last Take Sports Podcast. And we are here today. The NBA season is starting in approximately four days from when you'll hear this podcast, maybe three, four, three, something like that. And we are here to give you our Eastern Conference playoff predictions, the 10 teams that will be making the playoffs slash the play-in tournament. And Andrew, let's get right into it. And Andrew, who do you have as your number 10 team, the team that will be fighting for their playoff hopes in that play-in game? Henry, in the Eastern Conference at the 10 spot, I have the Charlotte Hornets here. And this team has a very bright future. They've one of the best young cores in the NBA, starting off with LaMelo Ball, Miles Bridges, Devontae Graham, Malik Monk, Terry Rozier, who's generally young, P.J. Washington. This team is a very bright future. And those are just to name a few. I know they have a couple more that they picked up in this year's draft as well. And this team has a very bright future, but I don't know if this is their year. So I have them sitting at 10. Andrew, I actually have Charlotte even lower. I just think there's too many young guys and not enough veteran presence to just know how to get to the playoffs, especially in those later games in the regular season. So that's why I have Orlando, a team that's been to the playoffs, knows how to get somehow find a way to get that seventh or eighth seed every single year. This year, I think they'll, find a way to get the last spot in the playoffs once again. I don't think they'll win the playoff game or the play-in game, excuse me, but I think they'll ultimately be that number 10 seed because they have veteran experience. I think Markel Fultz will start to play better. They have another good, solid point guard that they took in Cole Anthony. I like what Vucevic is doing. Eric Gordon, even if he does get moved, I think you're still going to get some relatively solid pieces for him. And I think regardless, you can make the playoffs without him. Yeah, but let's move on to the ninth seed in the Eastern Conference. And for in the ninth seed, I have the Washington Wizards. And I just don't think they're deep enough to make the playoffs, but they are headlined by Russell Westbrook, who they recently acquired in the offseason from the Houston Rockets. And they also Bradley Beal, who I think very quietly was the second most leading scorer in the NBA per game, only behind James Harden. And I think in the fact that Bradley Beal wasn't an all-star last year was an absolute crime. Bradley Beal is one of the most underappreciated players in the NBA and one of the best scorers in the NBA. So this Washington Wizards team is very good, I think, but not good enough to get in that top eight in the Eastern Conference just because of they aren't really deep enough. And their bench just isn't that good. And that's the only reason why I have them at nine, but they have the star power with Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, but they don't have the depth to make a run at the playoffs. Yeah, Andrew, at number nine, I disagree with you again here. I have the Atlanta Hawks, and I think this team, led by Trey Young, led by John Collins, I think that duo is going to be enough to get them into the playoffs. They have a lot of developing young wings, Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter. They just took a center that will eventually fill the role of what Clint Capella is doing and Onyeka Okungwu. I think that was a very smart pickup for them, especially because they could possibly lose John Collins to a trade or something happens to him. I think he could possibly get traded at some point this year, but I think Trey Young is going to have a very good season. I think he's going to be the main reason why this Atlanta Hawks team is able to get into that playoff play-in game, Andrew. 
Yeah, but let's move on to number eight. And right here, I have the exact team that you just said, and I have the Atlanta Hawks at number eight. And they're just a good team, and they're really deep, which I like. They got deeper this season. They're a younger team, which is why I don't have them up more, because I just don't think they can consistently win. But the only thing with them, I just think, is that makes me put them at eight and in that top eight in the Eastern Conference is because they got a much deeper bench this uh, offseason. They got Bogdanovich, who's most likely actually going to, going to start for them this season. They got Gallinari, who's probably going to be their sixth man, who I love a lot. And of course, they acquired Rajon Rondo, who's going to be their backup point guard most likely, to Trey Young to give him a little bit of a break. He's He was getting overplayed a lot, I think, last season just because they didn't have a reliable point guard to come off the bench for him. Now they have Rondo. They acquired Tony Snell in free agency, who I just think is a depth pickup. This Hawks team is much deeper than we saw last season, and I think they could potentially make a run just because of how deep they got. And Trey Young is going to be better than ever, and he's going to be, I think, a top 10 player in the NBA this season. Yeah, Andrew, at number eight, I actually once again have a different team, and I have the Indiana Pacers. I have some questions about their shooting ability. I think that they're mostly front court driven with Sabonis and Miles Turner in this league. The NBA isn't really a front court driven league, and a lot both those guys really aren't necessarily guys who are you can guard out to the three-point line. I mean, Sabonis can go and knock down a few threes, but he's not a guy who's a dangerous threat to step out and shoot threes a lot. And I think their guard play just isn't good enough. I mean, they don't really have any great guards. I mean, they have Oladipo, but he's coming off an injury and it's been really regressing recently. I, I think this team is still a playoff team, but I don't think they're good enough to compete with some of these top six or seven teams. Yeah, but let's move on to number seven. And here I have the Toronto Raptors. I think they're a good team, but they lost Serge Ibaka, which I think was a piece that was holding them together, especially down low. And also with the loss of Marcus Saul, this, this team isn't looking that great, I don't think, in terms of big men. I know they have Aaron Baines, who they signed in, Alex Len. But those two aren't your consistent center who's going to get boards all the time and score points. They're not going to be doing much scoring. And their defense isn't nearly as good as Ibaka's was. So that's what they lost there. Of course, Siakam and uh, Kyle Lowry will be good, as well as Fred Van Vliet. But they can only carry them so far. They they aren't super deep. They don't have much... uh, scoring anywhere else Norman Powell was actually very good off the bench but besides those couple they don't have much but they're a good enough team I think especially with the veteran presences of Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam and how good they've been playing of recent I think they're a good enough team to make the playoffs and that's why I have them at seven but they're not deep enough to be one of the better teams in the conference yeah, Andrew, and at seven I have the Washington Wizards and this is strictly and strictly because of Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. I think those two are basically going to carry this team into the playoffs. And I think they have a good chance of competing to possibly make it to the semifinals and even the conference finals because that duo, duo, excuse me, has just been so good throughout their entire career. I think with two star players like them, I think that's a duo that can definitely will you to the conference finals. 
and especially in the East, which is not nearly as good as the West, I think they have a real shot at being a high contender in this Eastern Conference. Yeah, but let's move on to number six. And I have the 76ers here. And typically you would think because they have some really good players on their roster, I would put them up higher. But the only reason why is because their chemistry just isn't there. And it really hasn't been through this whole process that they've had. And Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, they just don't have that good of chemistry on the court. And I don't think they'll be able to get it done. That's why I have them at six. I really think they're going to blow up this core to try to acquire James Harden. And even if that happens, James Harden, Joel Embiid, I just don't, assuming that Joel Embiid stays if they do acquire uh, James Harden, I just don't think that duo will work. They have Tobias Harris, who's been fairly consistent for them. They acquired uh, Danny Green and Dwight Howard. Those are the two big signings. Also Seth Curry. But this this team, the, the chemistry is what bothers me about them, as I mentioned. They're, they have good players. I just don't know if they're a great fit with each other. And we'll see how good they play. But just because of that reason, I don't think they can be that great in the Eastern Conference. I have them at six, which is still making the playoffs because they have that star power with Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, very consistent Tobias Harris. But I just don't have them going far. Also, their bench isn't amazing. They don't they aren't that deep. That's also another thing. But besides that, good team, not great chemistry. Yeah, Andrew, at number six, I have a different team than you. Once again, not very surprising at this point. I have the Toronto Raptors. And Andrew, I think with the regressing Kyle Lowry with a the loss of Serge Ibaka and Marcus All, they still have an up and coming star in Pascal Siakam. I just think this team doesn't have the depth, especially in the front court, to compete with some of these better teams in the East. I think they can definitely be a top six team like I have them, but I think there's some questions as overall with the ages of some of their star players, you could say, and the lack of depth that they have in the front court as a whole. Yeah, but let's move on to number five. And right here, I have kind of a surprising pick here. I have the Indiana Pacers, and I just think it's because they're a much deeper team than the majority of these teams in the Eastern Conference. They're going to have TJ McConnell coming off the bench, Doug McDermott. I know they're going to have uh, both the Holiday brothers, Justin and Aaron Holiday. They're, they're a pretty good team off the bench, and they're going to have Malcolm Brogdon coming back, and he's going to be much better than uh, – he was the previous season because he was dealing with injuries and he's going to be very good. And I think people need to watch out for Malcolm Brogdon. They also of course have TJ Warren who really started breaking out in the bubble in the previous season. And I think he's going to start picking that back up this season. Miles Turner, uh, Victor Oladipo, as you know, DeMontis Sabonis. This team is a much deeper team than most give them credit for. And I think Victor Oladipo is going to step up, have a great season. And as I mentioned, I think TJ Warren's just going to pick up where he left off last season. And I think this team needs to start being a team that more people start to think about. Because as I said, this team's much deeper than you would think. And they have a lot of key pieces like Malcolm Brogdon, who didn't really play much last season, but he's going to start playing more this season because he's back healthy and he's going to start playing a lot better. Yeah, Andrew, at number five, I have a team that's actually a lot like what the Pacers had last year, and they're going to deal with an injury to their starting point guard. And with 
The Boston Celtics with Kemba Walker being out, I watched their only preseason game, I think, so far against the 76ers, and I didn't really like what I see. The offense just wasn't as smooth without Kemba Walker running the show, and the fact that he could be out until the end of January just worries me that they're going to lose a lot of games at the start, and I think they'll be able to rebound, but I don't think they're going to be able to rebound enough going into the playoffs where they'll get a high a higher seed to host the playoff series base, assuming that that it's not in the bubble again. I doubt it will be, but we'll play along as it as things happen. I think this is definitely a team that can come out of the East, but the fact that Kemba Walker is out for an extended period of time has me worrying that they could start off the season very slowly. Yeah, but let's move on to number four. And at number four, I think this is uh, one of two uh, teams that we actually agree with here between me and Henry and I have the Brooklyn Nets and they're, they're a very deep team, a very good team with some good players. Of course, they have Spencer Dinwiddie, who I like coming off the bench, Bruce Brown, they acquired, I believe uh, Deandre Jordan will be coming off the bench. I'm not sure if Karis Levert will be, but he's really good. They acquired Landry Shamit, who should be coming off the bench. This is a very deep team, but the thing is with them, who knows what their chemistry is going to be like. And, of course, headlined by Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, the two drama queens of the NBA. Maybe put James Harden in there, but Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are very much up there in terms of drama queens in the NBA. And we'll see how that goes. They've already made some really concerning comments saying how we don't really think we have a head coach right after Steve Nash got hired. So we'll see how the chemistry turns out. It's kind of the same thing with the 76ers, but I believe the Brooklyn Nets have a much better roster, and that's why I have them higher than the 76ers. And I think the only thing holding the Nets back from being a top two or three team in the Eastern Conference is because of the chemistry issues and how big of drama queens that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are. So, yeah, I have the Brooklyn Nets at four. Andrew, to me, it's not about the drama part. And I do have Brooklyn at number four. I think this is going to be a lot like what Paul George and Kawhi Leonard had last year, especially. I think these guys are going to have load management. I mean, both these guys are coming off significant injuries. I don't think they're going to want to use them a lot. I think they're going to restrict their minutes so they're ready for the playoffs. Obviously, when you have two of the best players in the league and such a good bench like they do, you're going to be a very good team. But this is obviously a team who can come out of the East and win the NBA Finals. But I don't think this team will have a great regular season just because of the load management we'll see with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Yeah, but let's move on to number three. And the only reason why I have this team at three instead of two is because Kemba Walker will be out for the beginning of the season for at least a month. So that's the only thing I have them holding back from being number two. I really like the Boston Celtics. And this is because I really think Jason Tatum will make a big stride to become a legitimate top 10 player in the NBA. He's been, he, he was playing so good down the stretch in the playoffs last year. And I just think he's going to take it up another notch this NBA season. I, I expect him to be averaging mid 20 points. And then you also have Jalen Brown, who I think is going to take a big leap. This team is very young, which I like, and they're deep as well. And they have a lot of key pieces. They signed Tristan Thompson, which I like. They signed Jeff Teague, a veteran presence, which I like. They made a couple good draft selections. And Aaron Neesmith, I believe, from Vanderbilt, who's a very good shooter when healthy. 
Peyton Pritchard, I like that draft choice from them. It gets them a little more depth at point guard, especially now that helps them a lot with Kemba Walker's uh, recent injury. This Celtics team is very young and very good, and I like that. So Celtics at three, only thing holding them back this season is if Kemba Walker can stay healthy. Yeah, Andrew, and at number three, I have a different team. I expressed my thoughts on what's going to happen to the Celtics a while ago because I had them at number five. I have the reigning Eastern Conference champions, the Miami Heat, and I think this team, led by Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, is destined to be one of the best teams in the East. They're very young. They have great chemistry. This is probably one of the teams that has the best chemistry in all of basketball. They have excellent shooters throughout the entire roster. They have good point guard play from a young and upcoming point guard and a veteran point guard in Kendrick Nunn and Gordon Dragic. I think this team overall, even though they don't have a top 10 player in the league, they probably, if they don't, they have a player who's a top 15 player in the league and probably one of the most hard players to play against in all of basketball and Jimmy Butler, Andrew. Yeah, and moving on to number two in the Eastern Conference, I have the Miami Heat, as you just said. I think Jimmy Butler is probably a top 15 player in the NBA. I think we established that uh, in the finals last season because Jimmy Butler was just playing ridiculous and single-handedly. I, I don't know if I should say single-handedly, but he was definitely uh, putting the, his this team on his back to lead him to the finals. Jimmy Butler is so good. They have a veteran presence of Goran Dragic. He's very good. But I think their success really relies on how their young core really develops from this season to next season or this season and really takes uh, the, the big leap with Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn. They really need this young core to take the leap forward and become better players and start taking on significant roles. If if this young core can start playing a lot better, this team is probably going to be one of the best teams in the NBA. Probably top three. If those young guys can step up from last season to this season. But I think that's what their success relies on. But of course, when you have Jimmy Butler, you're you're probably going to be really good. And we saw that last season. He, once again, put this team on his back and led him to the finals. Who says he can't do it this, uh, this year? And I think the Heat will be the number two seed in the NBA, or in the Eastern Conference, excuse me. Andrew, at number two, I have the Philadelphia 76ers. And I think it's it's huge to take into account how many shooters they added. They added Seth Curry. They added Danny Green. They have Tobias Harris still. And I think this is a team who can shoot better than they've done in the past. And that's what you needed to do to place around Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. They added a very good coach in Doc Rivers, who's probably one of the best coaches still in all of basketball. I think this team is going to be much better, very improved from what they've been in the past. And I think they're going to significantly overachieve from what the predictions are that a lot of people are saying for them this year, Andrew. Yeah, but let's move on to the first and final seed in the Eastern Conference. And I believe we will agree here, Milwaukee Bucks. When you have Giannis, you will be good no matter what team you are. Giannis is so unstoppable and coming off of his second consecutive MVP award, who says he can't do it this year again? Very, not like That hasn't happened in the history of the NBA, I believe. So it's very unlikely, but Giannis is still a good player no matter what. And I assume he'll have a very good season like he has been the past couple of years. Of course, they have Chris Middleton. 
they made a very good trade for uh, Drew Holiday. And that really helped them out a lot this season because they really needed to step it up on the defensive end. And Drew Holiday is one of those guys who will be the best defender on your team and will ISO on the best players on the other team and consistently lock them up. And Drew Holiday can score. He's really the true package and somebody they really needed at point guard to surround Chris Middleton and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I really think that got him their third star. And a lot of people don't talk about Drew Holiday enough, but I think he's probably the best two-way player or at least top three in two-way players around the NBA. I know the guy we just talked about, Jimmy Butler, he's one of them. And Drew Holiday is up there with him. And they made a really good signing, Bryn Forbes. He's a shooter for them. I know they got Bobby Portis. They had a really good draft selection, I think, who could possibly contribute off the bench, Jordan Nora, who's also a pretty good shooter himself. And you can see the theme here. This offseason, they really try to get themselves some shooters to surround Giannis around. And they also got DJ Augustine, I believe, who's a shooter himself. I think Dante DiVincenzo will start playing better. This team is a pretty good team. They have Brooke Lopez at center. They're keeping him, who can also shoot. See the theme here, surrounding Giannis with shooters. So they did a really good job this offseason in making sure to get more shooters. And this offense will be scary, and the defense just got a whole lot better while adding Drew Holiday. Yeah, Andrew, and I agree with you. I have the Bucks at number one. I think it's pretty obvious that you have to have him at number one. Giannis just seems to play well in the regular season. I don't know what it happens when it comes to the playoffs, but as long as Giannis is on the Bucks, I think you just have to consider them most likely the team to finish at number one in the Eastern Conference, Andrew. Yeah, and for all the reasons we both just said, I think you have to say – the Bucks are going to be the representative from the Eastern Conference in the finals. But I don't know what you think about this, but for me, it's I can't say it's a no-brainer, but immediate thought in my head was the Bucks are going to take it this year. I know we kind of thought that last year with Giannis coming off his MVP season. He actually won another MVP, even though he didn't quite make it to the finals. I think this year with Drew Holiday and all the shooters they signed, as I mentioned, there's no reason why he won't be able to get to the finals this year. I think he's becoming into coming into his own really like mentally, because I don't really think he had the mindset last year in the bucks. You saw the way they were playing. They came out very sluggish in the playoffs. I don't know if that was the whole bubble situation, maybe threw him off, but they just didn't look like themselves. And I think they're going to be more determined, more focused this season, especially Giannis coming into the season as more of a veteran and he's going to have to take on this leadership role for this team. I know he tried doing that last year, didn't really do it successfully, but I believe he will do it this year. I believe he's more determined losing in the second round. Isn't fun, especially if you're coming in as a number one seed coming in as the reigning MVP. And I believe he'll get it done this season just because of how determined he'll be to not fail again. And as we said, we believe he'll be the one seed. And I think he'll just take that, dose of confidence from being that number one seed and ride that wave almost of being the number one seed and take it all the way home. I think they're going to have all the momentum coming into the playoffs because assuming they're going to play like the best team in the Eastern conference, I just don't think they're going to look back. And I think they have a legitimate shot to win the NBA finals this season. 
Yeah, Andrew, and with that, I think this would be a great time to wrap up today's podcast. As always, we want to thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and download this podcast, and we'll see you guys next time on the Last Take Sports Podcast.